the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome the light. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came to be a witness about that light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. When your heart is open, the light floods in. When your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. The dark night of evil is nearly over. The day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us get rid of the works of darkness that harm us. Let us do the works of light that protect us. Let us act as we should like people living in the daytime. Have nothing to do with wild parties and don't get drunk. Don't take part in sexual sins or evil conduct. Don't fight with each other or be jealous of anyone. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Let's pray.
Thank you, God, for your word, and thank you that it speaks for itself. We invite your presence to be here. Open our ears to hear what you want us to hear, both individually and corporately as a church. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we have been in a series for the past three weeks about light. We've discovered how we were created to live in the light, how darkness has tried to rule and reign over mankind, and how Jesus, the light of the world, came to rescue us from that darkness. Last week, Pastor Mark shared a verse from Matthew that says, I am the light of the world, and Jesus was speaking about himself. But the amazing thing is, not only did Jesus call himself the light of the world, he also calls those of us, his followers, the light of the world as well. Matthew 5.14 out of the Amplified Version says it this way, You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Today, we are going to be talking about how you and I can be the light of the world that Jesus asks us to be. Our text is going to be Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, two little verses that say this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And by now we understand the biblical metaphor between darkness and light. Darkness, here in this verse, is a metaphor for people who do not know God or his ways. And so that results in ungodliness and immorality and then eventually ends with misery of hell for an eternity apart from Christ. And this scripture says that's what you once were. All of us, before we had the light of Christ shine into our lives, were all darkness. But then when we say yes to Jesus, when we surrender our lives to him and become his disciple, and remember our definition of a disciple is someone who knows, grows, and goes for Jesus. When we become a disciple of Christ, we are now called the light of the world, just like Jesus was. Or as Ephesians 5, 8 puts, us, puts it, we are now light in the Lord. Our status is light. However, what this verse is saying, it says you are the light of the world. But what this verse is saying is that you and I get to decide if we are going to let our light shine and live the light or not. When Ephesians 5, 8 says live as children of the light, that Greek word live is peripateo. And it means to regulate one's life or conduct oneself as a child of light. This means that although our status is light, we are the ones who choose how we are going to regulate or control the light that is within us. It's kind of like this ridiculous Christmas sweater that I am wearing today. It has the capability to shine <laughs> or not to shine. I have a little regulator right here that I can control. It's a controller that lets me turn my light on, let me shine my light or not. Just because it has the capability to shine doesn't mean I'm always going to let it. 
I get to control if I'm going to shine or not, and you get to control if you are going to shine or not. So what does it look like to shine or live the light of Christ? Verse 9 tells us, and I love these verses in the Bible that tells us something and then explains a little bit more about it because then there leaves no question about how to um, follow the commands of that verse. Verse 9 says, The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So to live the light is to do what's good, true, and right. And that's the main point of this message. If you remember nothing else, I hope this simple little rhyming phrase you'll keep in your mind. To live the light is to do what's good, true, and right. Can you say that with me? To live the light is to do what's good, true, and right. The good news is that the longer you live in the light of Christ, the more you will see the fruits of goodness, righteousness, and truth coming forth from your life. Because the fruit of your life, that will be the fruit of your life as you sit in the light of Christ. So let's talk about each one of these for a moment. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. I'm going to define them and then talk a little bit about what that looks like. First of all, goodness. The definition of goodness is uprightness of heart and life. And that word upright means strictly honorable or honest. So another way to say this is it's a good heart that is displayed through the way you live your life. The next fruit is righteousness. And the definition of righteousness is integrity, virtue, purity of life, correctness in thinking, feeling, or acting. And another way to say that is being characterized by doing what's right, even and especially when no one is watching. Finally, truth. Truth as a personal excellence, a mind which is free from pretense, falsehood, or deceit, its sincerity of mind and integrity of character, or it's a mode of life in harmony with divine truth. And another way to say that is you speak up for what is true and your life is a reflection of the truth that you believe. So goodness, righteousness, and truth are all fruits of the light of Christ. And if you have said yes to Jesus, you carry the light of Christ around with you. And you also carry around the fruits of the light, goodness, righteousness, and truth. The question that you and I have to answer many times each day is, am I going to let my light shine or am I going to keep it hidden? So I have a couple, a, a real life scenario for each one of these, for goodness, righteousness, and truth. And I want you to think about if you're going to let your light shine or are you going to keep it hidden in each of these scenarios. The first one is goodness. Your eight-year-old son really wants to get a Christmas gift for your ex-husband, but he has no money because he's eight. This is the first Christmas you've been divorced and your ex-husband has hurt you deeply. Do you take your son to pick out and pay for a gift for your ex-husband, shining your light, or do you make an excuse why you don't have money for that this year? Let's talk about righteousness. This is kind of a funny one. 
You are in charge of the family gift exchange this year for your extended family, where you draw names. This year, though, you've decided instead of getting a gift for each other, instead of spending money on a gift, you are going to spend time together. And that that's the gift, spending time with the person whose name you drew. Well, since you're the one in charge of the family gift exchange, you decide that you're going to reach your hand in the hat and draw first. You reach your hand in. You pull out your sister-in-law, who drives you crazy with her constant complaining and negativity about everyone and everything. If you put her name back in the hat and draw a different name, nobody would know. Or do you keep her name and use it as an opportunity to bless her by sharing the light of Jesus through spending time together? This last one about truth is a true story that I have for you that one of my friends here at church told me. She and her husband were meeting some friends for a Christmas get-together at the Grand Hotel. And you know how fancy that is. So they were there. They were enjoying some time together. They were exchanging gifts. When all of a sudden, there was a, a little older couple that was sitting nearby. And this little older couple began eavesdropping on their conversation. When they exchanged their gifts and opened up the Christmas socks, this little old lady wanted to know where the socks came from. Now, one of the people in this little group of people who all knew Jesus looked at the rest of them with a look that said, do not engage this woman. This is our special time together. Do not engage this woman. Well, next, the Christmas cookies came out with the friends along with the recipe this little old lady wanted to know what the cookies were and what were in them. What was the recipe? Well, finally, the little old lady said, you know what? I'm really glad to see that you guys are having fun together because all we have here in life, this is all we have here in life, here on earth, and so you need to make it count. Well, at that moment, my friends had an opportunity. Were they going to shine their light or keep it hidden? Now, thankfully, they decided to shine the light of Jesus, and they said, oh, no. My friend said, oh, no, that's not all there is. For those of us who know Jesus, after this life, we get to live with Jesus forever, and that's why we love Christmas, because that's what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus. At this point, the older couple grabbed their coats, wished them a quick Merry Christmas, and away they went. They let their light shine. And by the way, it's important to keep in mind that you are responsible only for your light. You're not responsible for anyone else's light. We're each responsible for our own. You're not responsible for your spouse's light, for your children's light, for extended family's light. You let your light shine and leave the rest to God. You and I are the light of the world, but we get to decide if we're going to live the light or keep it hidden. And this can be a battle. I don't know about you, but over the years, God has asked me to do some pretty difficult things to share the light of Christ. And as I've gotten stronger and the longer that I've walked with Jesus and have had him in my life and have been trying to live for him, the easier that gets. But there's still some times where it's hard to live the light of Christ and you have a real battle inside between your flesh and your spirit. But thankfully, by the power of the Holy Spirit that took up residence in my life when I let Christ in, 
I can make my flesh do what is good, right, and true, and so can you. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. I'd like to bring down all of the lights for a little illustration that I have. And I'm going to ask my friend Shay. Thank you, Matt. Great. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask my friend Shay to light her little tea light. Now, there may be some of you listening to the sound of my voice today who would say, you know, Kate, I hear what you're saying, and I want to live the light, but my light is pretty fragile right now. In fact, it feels like just a little flicker that could be snuffed out at any minute. There's so much darkness that is all around me. How could my fragile little light make any difference in this world? Can I just say that I've had some of those same thoughts and feelings even in these past weeks leading up to Christmas? And when I did, I was reminded of the Bible verse that says, He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. And when I went to find where that verse was, I was amazed at the context of the verse. Listen to Isaiah 42, 1 through 4 from the Living Bible. Keep in mind, this is a prophecy about Jesus long before he was born. See my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I have put my spirit upon him. He will reveal justice to the nations of the world. He will be gentle. He will not shout nor quarrel in the streets. He will not break the bruised reed nor quench the dimly burning flame. He will encourage the faint-hearted, those tempted to despair. He will see full justice given to all who have been wronged. He won't be satisfied until truth and righteousness prevail throughout the earth, nor until even distant lands beyond the seas have put their trust in him. Don't you love that verse 3? He will not break the bruised reed nor quench the dimly burning flame. He will encourage the faint-hearted, those tempted to despair. That is a beautiful picture of the kindness and the compassion of Christ towards those whose light and faith are growing dim. Now, you can see that light, can't you? You can see the light. Even though it's dark, you can see that light. And if you dig a little deeper in this verse, in these verses, you'll see something else that is really amazing. Verse 4 says, he won't be satisfied until truth and righteousness. And remember, those are two of the fruits of light, truth and righteousness. He won't be satisfied until truth and righteousness prevail. That phrase, he won't be satisfied, literally, literally means he will not burn dimly. Aren't you grateful that, <coughs> excuse me, aren't you grateful that when your light is fragile and flickering, there is one whose light will keep burning strong? When your light is growing dim, get yourself into the light of Christ and around other lights. Read his word. Pour out your heart to him through prayer. Get yourself to church. Hang out with other lights. Let his spirit fill you so there is something that can catch fire. Just like a candle needs wax in order to burn, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us to keep burning strong. And that filling only comes in the presence of Christ. 
Sit in the light of Christ and let his light restore your fragile light, which will help it to burn brighter. So we can all see that light shining, even though it's a very small little flickering light. Light is light. And even a flicker dispels darkness. The tiniest candle still brings light to a dark room. Even if your candle is flickering, live the light. Thank you, Shay. Good job. Although the light of Christ is strong, his physical life was snuffed out after 33 short years on this earth because he willingly gave his life as a sacrifice for all mankind, past, present, and future. His mission while he was here on this earth was to be the light of the world, and now he asks you and I to continue on with his mission. Our job, and not just at Christmas time, but every day of the year, is to live the light. And remember, to live the light is to do what is good, true, and right. Have you ever noticed that people love to look at light? At Christmas time, we pile in cars and we go ooh and ah at the lights around the neighborhood. Light is something that people are attracted to. They can't look away. Think about when you sit in front of a fire pit. You stare at the fire because it's mesmerizing and you don't want to look away. The same is true for you and me. When we live the light, people are attracted to us. But we live the light not so people will think we're so great, but so that they will know how great God is. We don't do what is good and right and true so that people will think, wow, those people at Sheeney Faith Center are pretty amazing people. That's not why we do it. We do it so that people will think, wow, that Jesus, those people at Sheeney Faith Center serve is pretty amazing. And that reminds me of one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 26, 8. <clears throat> I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. Yes, we will follow your ways, Lord, and entwine our hearts with yours. For the fame of your name is all that we desire. And that's the heartbeat behind everything that we do here at Cheney Faith Center. For the fame of the name of Jesus Christ. And as we continue to live in the light of Christ, the fruit of our lives, goodness, righteousness, and truth, points other people to Jesus. So even though our mission is to live as the light every single day of the year, I have a special challenge for us. From now until December 25th, 11.59 p.m., <laughs> December 25th, I want to challenge each of us to make a concerted effort to live the light. Now, you're, you're, you're lucky you came to second service because that's only 65 hours for you. It was 67 hours for first service, so just saying. That Greek word live, when it says live as children of the light in Ephesians 5, remember that Greek word live means to regulate one's life or conduct oneself as a child of light. And we do that when we choose to do what is good and right and true. 
Now, I'm sure for each of us, it doesn't matter our age, if we're a student, if we work, if we're at home, it doesn't matter. Each of us will have several opportunities within these next 65 hours to live the light in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, in our community, and especially with our immediate and extended family. How many know sometimes that extended family or even immediate family, that can be some of the hardest people to let your light shine with? So we have a graphic that we're going to put up here on the screen, and it is 10 ways to live the light. And I got some of these ideas taken from the Faith Gateway, um, faithgateway.com. The first one says, deliver a cup of hot cocoa to the bell ringer outside the store. Tell them Jesus loves them. When a family member asks you to do something that wasn't on your agenda, say yes and honor them above yourself. Wish as many people as possible a Merry Christmas. Add Jesus loves you or God bless you to the end of it. Be patient with that extra grace required relative. Hold your tongue when you want to say something unkind. Shovel a snowy driveway and front walkway for a neighbor. Leave a note to tell them they are loved by Jesus. Leave a generous, much bigger than usual tip for your server at a restaurant and include a note that says, Merry Christmas, Jesus loves you. Hide a $1 bill in the toy section of the dollar store with a note, Jesus loves you. Make some little person's day. Leave cookies or sandwiches at your local fire or police station with a note of thanks and Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you and we are grateful for you. Finally, share the story of how you came to know Jesus with someone. Did you notice that many, if not most of these ideas added something about Jesus? And that's what sets these things apart. To do these things without Jesus, any old rando could do that. But to do this and add Jesus to it, that's what sets it apart. It shows that there's a reason why we do what we do, and that's Jesus. Last Saturday night, our church staff got together for a Christmas party, and we invited all of the families to come. And there was a group of us, and we caroled around the neighborhood and took candles to people, wishing them a Merry Christmas. I want to brag on our youngest staff member, Isaac. I think he's 21 or 22 years old. The thing about Isaac is after we would sing and say Merry Christmas and then start walking away, Isaac every single time would add, God bless you or Jesus loves you to every single house we sang to. And that was the last thing they heard as we were walking away. Even this week, we had the pleasure of some carolers coming here to the church to sing to us, and that was really special. So some of us staff stood out there in the commons, and when they were done singing and were leaving, Isaac said, Jesus loves you. That is what sets this apart. Add the name of Jesus whenever possible, because there is power in the name of Jesus. I love how the Passion Translation puts Ephesians 5.8. It says, once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. <clears throat> These next 65 hours, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to live as children flooded with the light 
of Christ. And in closing, I thought it would be most fitting for us to sing This Little Light of Mine. Many of us know that song as a little children's song, but what you probably don't know is that was actually a Negro spiritual that has been sung for decades. And it was also very popular during the Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, because it's always been a declaration. It proclaims that we are not going to let darkness have the last word. So I invite you to make this your declaration too. If your light is fragile and barely flickering, I encourage you to sing this song by faith. If you are choosing to accept the mission to live the light, these next 65 hours in particular, sing it with boldness. Use it as a personal prayer to the darkness that it won't have the final word. Would you stand as Cooper leads us in this song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All in my house. All in my house, I'm going to let it shine. All in my house, I'm going to let it shine. All in my house, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let's sing out in the dark. Out in the dark, I'm going to let it shine. Out in the dark, I'm going to let it shine. Out in the dark, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Can you bow your head so we can pray? And as heads are bowed, I think it'd be also appropriate if, if you say, you know, Kate, I really relate to that little flicker of light. I feel like my light is just barely flickering and I'd like you to pray for me about that. Would you raise your hand so I could pray for you real quick? Okay, I see, I see that. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, you see these hands that are raised and Lord, you know the circumstances behind it. Lord, we thank you that when our light is fragile and flickering, that your light burns strong. And I ask Jesus that you would tend to the hearts of those that raise their hand, that you would light fire within them, Jesus, to let their light shine. 
thank you for their their sensitivity to you and thank you that when we ask you to let our light shine that that's a prayer that you delight in answering also is there anyone who would raise their hand and just say you know Kate I want to I want to let my light shine over these next 65 hours if that's you would you raise your hand so I can pray for you okay thank you Jesus it is our heart to let our light shine for you in our homes, out in the world, at our workplace, at the grocery store, wherever we may find ourselves. Help us, Jesus, to live as the light that you have called us to. Thank you that you have rescued us from darkness, and now we are in the light. And it's our mission to help others see the light of Christ, to point, point out Jesus to others. May we always be ready for a reason for the light that shines within us. Give us boldness and give us courage. And it is our heart's cry and declaration that we will not let darkness have the final word. We pray this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming to Cheney Faith today. Always remember that Jesus loves you very much, and so do Mark and I. Merry Christmas. And don't forget about our Christmas Eve services, 3 and 5 tomorrow.